Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. Now, it is not Renee Garcia once again on the intro, so this is every other week, it seems like, as of late. I'm just giving Renee a hard time, but he is on vacation currently. He is somewhere in the ocean having a good time with his friends and his girlfriend, so I salute to him because right now, well, it's not too cold in Charlotte. It's about a cool, calm 70 degrees out here today, Not too, not too bad for weather, so to speak. But, of course, that doesn't mean we don't have a guest. So, Mr. Guest, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the good people. Well, uh, my name is Brad Starr, and I am a motorsports journalist for KickingTheTires.net. My man, it's good to have you. Um, so, if you guys don't know, I met Mr. Starr in Kansas in October of last year. Um, dude, it was a real cool conversation we had. We were in the media center. Really awesome guy. Make sure you guys give him a follow. You guys can shout. You can shout your social media out too, man. Go ahead, plug yourself. Yeah, you, you can. <laughs> you can follow me on uh, at Briarstar TV on Twitter, all lowercase, but you can probably find it all caps as well. So, uh, just doing a lot of NHRA updating over the last year, NHRA stories, but I also still work on some NASCAR stories as well. Yeah, man, that's awesome. You know, speaking of NHRA, I did see today Tony Stewart. Um, in his whole deal, he's going to be running a. a top fuel drag that's uh, not top fuel um top alcohol yeah there you go top alcohol dragster um at nevada coming up soon in las vegas so that's gonna be pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah it should be interesting to see how he does i did not know he was uh um testing for one so it's not a surprise to see him racing in it but um it's kind of a little bit of cool factor so yeah he's got the racing bug um i can say i've seen tony race before in nascar obviously i've also seen him race in a dirt car now seeing him in a dragster is going to be really interesting i kind of figured he still had the need for speed um of course but you know that's that's a pretty cool thing to talk about um and for him to do however um how was your weekend um my weekend wasn't bad we uh just kind of sat around watched some racing on saturday doubleheader with trex and xfinity and watched some college football Saturday, Saturday night, unfortunately, with K-State losing to TCU. So, <laughs> um, and then uh, watched the cup race yesterday and caught bits and parts of the Chiefs game, too. And so glad the Chiefs kind of bounced back after last week. So Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I can feel the bounce back effect. So me and Renee are obviously Cowboys fans, and we got a bounce back win against Detroit. Not necessarily the best team in the world, obviously to beat but still a win is a win and one more week until the bye week play Chicago this weekend so hopefully that'll also go well going into that bye but um yeah you know speaking of speaking of other sports in this area as well football wise uh the Carolina Panthers somehow some way managed to beat Tom Brady um in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I could not believe it especially after they traded Christian McCaffrey earlier in the week um so, yeah, that was a shocker for football-wise. But, yes, I did watch some football this weekend. Um, so I didn't really do too, too much. It was a rather relaxed weekend, so to speak, especially on Sunday. I felt like I did absolutely nothing. Um, but sometimes that's what your weekends are for. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just part of the season where, you know, it's kind of shocking. It's like I say this to myself every year. It's like, Man, do we really only have like three races left or two races left? And then Man, you know, 
I'm telling you, it's crazy. I keep thinking about that too. I'm like, dang, it's really Martinsville and Phoenix left and we're done legit. Like I feel like February was just here and now we are literally at the end of the season. Yeah. It's crazy because then like all, all we'll have left is like NFL to watch NCAA uh, for me, college K-State and then college basketball will be starting up here soon too. in, in a few weeks after Phoenix. So yeah i can't wait i mean we've got plenty of we got plenty of sports to still watch which is great i'm a multi-sport watcher just like you um so with that being said of course it is time to get into some nascar talk homestead miami unfortunately it is not the championship race still but it was a warm welcome to have it in the playoffs um for sure i'm glad that race is back i do still personally feel that race should be a little bit later in the day always love the day to night transition for that race especially granted when it fell under um, daylight savings time. So a whole lot easier to achieve, but we're still what I think two weeks away from that. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's that, but either way, um, you know, Mr. Star, what did you think about the race? Um, you know, for the first, probably through the first two stages, it was kind of, at least for me anyway, it was kind of ho-hum with uh, Larson dominating pretty much all of it. Um, we went in both stages, um, it did get really interesting there in the final um, 20 laps there with uh, Ross Chastain coming up there and battling for the win. You had Harvick up there, uh, AJ Allmendinger too. That was kind of awesome to see. So um, it was really interesting, you know, and um, had we not had that late caution there at the end, I really wondered if maybe Martin would, Turex would become the uh, 20th different winner of the year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was uh, quite an interesting one, and I might as well as well give you guys the top 10. So Kyle Larson obviously dominated. He led at 199 laps on Sunday, which was incredible in his own feet. I don't think we've had that much of a race where someone dominated that much in this next-gen car so far. So it almost reminded me of when Martin Truex Jr., ironically enough, had won the Coke 600. I think he only led, but eight laps that was it all he had was eight laps to actually lead the whole thing which is insane but he did it and so did Larson on Sunday and that also puts him into the owners championship final four so Rick Hendrick has a chance to get his 15th owners championship in Phoenix so that'll be really interesting to follow as well I I swear I feel like this year we've had more talks especially in cup about the owner's championship and it being, I think it's something that should be out there a lot more kind of like how F1 does with the constructors title. I feel like we should kind of follow that a little bit further. I really don't ever see it or hear much of it outside of when we figure out, Oh yeah, that person also won the owner's championship at the end of the year. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Second was Ross Chastain. Third, AJ Allmendinger, another solid running for him. So matter of fact, let me ask you this while we're running through this. How do you think he's going to do next year? He's going to be back in full-time cup with colleague. Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, obviously, he's running really well right now in Xfinity. Um, probably uh, will be most likely – I'm going to throw it out there, most likely racing for the Xfinity Championship. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm really interested to see uh, how he does because I've heard a lot of these uh, peak ages in NASCAR where – you know, like a driver who peaks after age 39 or around there. And and so next year he'll be age 41. And I'm so not to say that he won't be terrible, but I'm in, you know, this year he's got three top fives, eight top tens alone in his starts at Cup. 
So I'm really curious to see like what he does next year. Um, you know, he'll be a threat on the road courses like he was this year. So I think I think he'll maybe win a race or two next year. Yeah, I think it's been interesting just to see him even in Xfinity um, running with a team that has obviously a lot of success and also great equipment at that. And he's ran great at the ovals, which has been the most interesting development with him, because like you said, we think about AJ, we think about road courses. But when we talk about the oval, it's like eh, sometimes, yes, he might get a good run here or there. But, you know, after seeing what happened at Homestead, Las Vegas, for example, where he wanted an Xfinity, like, you know, places like that. I'm like, man, you know, he's starting to really come into this. And I think also this is another thing I've also said on the podcast before. I always feel like your situation really does matter. And some people just don't thrive in those situations. Obviously, he got a couple wins in Cup, but not being able to truthfully compete that often in the top 10 on a consistent basis wasn't really there for most of his cup career. But once he got to back to Xfinity, got to colleague, and then, you know, they are, like you even said, I feel like he could definitely win the Xfinity title. I would love to see it, actually. I really would like to see him win it. Between him and uh, Noah Gregson, like, I feel like those two should probably win the, ch- win the championship. But we'll see. You never know what might happen. I don't know. Hemrick came out the woodworks and won the championship on the last race of the season last year. So you yep. never know. Um, with that being said, Austin Dillon came home in fourth. Fifth place was Brad Keselowski. Sixth, Martin Truex Jr. Seventh was Denny Hamlin. Eighth, Kevin Harvick. Ninth, Kyle Busch. And to round out the top 10 was Daniel Suarez. So speaking of the remainder of that top 10 as well, Martin Truex Jr. Now he has had a very interesting year, no doubt. Um, it seemed like he definitely had that one in the bag all the way up until the whole incident on pit road. But, you know, I think one thing people are still curious about is what does his future look like? Do you think he's going to return past another two years? Or do you think next year might be it for him? Um, you know, it's, it has been an interesting season. Uh, last year he, he won four races and, uh, this year he hasn't won any at all. Um, been close a few times and, you know, there's been a multiple incidences in, incidents where he's kind of been dejected. You know, uh, one race I can think back to is Bristol, where he was just like, man, you know, I don't know what to do with this race car, you know. And and um, so I don't know if that has a part to, to play in that or, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure. He, I, I think he does. And if he does, maybe it's a one-year deal and he calls it quits. I mean, he's been doing this for next year will be 20 years now so i mean he's got nothing really left to prove other than he probably wants another championship so um i could see him returning one more year and then pretty much calling it quits after that yeah now i can believe it i mean it's still crazy to me i'm not that old obviously but still a lot of the drivers i've grown up on are really almost gone from the sport so to speak especially the veteran drivers um you know when you've had Dale Jr., Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, um, just to name a few that have all retired. Matt Kenseth, another one. Um, it's it's crazy um, how that's folding down. Kevin Harvick is probably also another one that's on the cards of doing the same thing. Um, it's really interesting how that whole dynamic is, because I did see that comment um, about Cole Custer of them really want, or at least Tony, 
really wanting Ryan Priest in that car, and Cole Custer is just like kind of existing, quote unquote. I don't know how to say that any other way, but that's kind of the way it was said. But I don't know. I mean, do you think he also is like on the hot seat? Because I feel like it's he got a win in Kentucky what a year and a half ago, but after that, it just seems like you know just kind of there, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, um, he hasn't really done anything much in Cup lately over the last years. Like, uh, yesterday, he was running 25th of the day, so it's like, are you really happy with running 25th, you know, every single week? I mean, yeah, it may pay the bills, but you're not winning all the, all the time. Um, you know, I could see he was really dominant in the Xfinity series, uh, winning a lot, so... I could see him rolling back to the Xfinity, maybe, you know, a couple years, getting more reps in his experience, and and um, then maybe eventually uh, going back to Cup if the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's been a very interesting, silly season, obviously, and if you've been following Race for the Championship on USA and that whole show, it's revealed quite a few things, and actually um, – I saw a tweet about this, about what um, Kyle Busch had said about JGR, quote, something that's so disappointing to me, so hurtful about this whole situation with JGR as they were like family. For 15 years, Joe had my back in the stupidest moments that Kyle Busch was. Like, he was there for me, and it's gone. Like, just peace flipped, and that's it. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, like, as this documentary rolls out, when you had things like that, I really do wonder – you know what goes through drivers minds like that on a on a consistent basis because like when Kyle Busch is saying something like that I get it because he won them two championships and it's just gone I'm still kind of shocked by it um when it seems very obvious that Ty Gibbs is more than likely going to get that seat for next year it's just man like it's rough I mean even Eric Jones said the same thing on the Dale Jr. download he had talked about when he got let go from JGR he was like just in a daze mm-hmm yeah, it's it's kind of like basically, um, there's really no other way to put it. It's just kind of like a stab in the back, almost like, hey, thanks for everything you've done, but we're moving on to, uh, you know, a new driver, and and it just there's like all these young guys out there that want to take these spots, but you only have four cars to do it with. So, um, yeah, the Kyle news was kind of shocking. I mean, we kind of see it, seen like the tension like grow over the summer. Um, especially Pocono after the race was over. And, um, you know, he's been with JGR for pretty much, I don't know, 15 years now. So um, a lot of success with them. And, and it's like, you know, I grew up in the same era you did. And I was like, I would never have thought see Kyle racing as a number, <laughs> number, number eight next year, especially after all the chaos with him and Junior in, in the early years. Yeah, I never would have thought either. I agree with you 100%. Like, it's still mind-blowing because, man, I remember when Kyle came on the scene and he was with Hendrick. And, shoot, it's funny because not long ago I watched his race at Auto Club where you won at night, and it was such a good race for one. Um, mm-hmm. But number two, that was just a young star being born literally right there. And so, you know, to have that happen is pretty crazy, but – yeah, it seems like silly season looks to be roughly wrapped up for the most part, cup-wise. I think we figured out where most people are going to end up at this point. Obviously, the open seat is still the 18, quote-unquote, and mm-hmm. it definitely seems like it's going to be Ty Gibbs. So, yeah, we'll um, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes down. So, 
I also ask you this. So I saw a lot of people talk about the Homestead race this past this past Sunday. Obviously, it was much of a barn burner. Um, the Xfinity race was fun. I did get a chance to watch a little bit of that. Um, pretty pretty solid racing, if I do say so myself. Um, but some people were not exactly that pleased with the product they saw um, on Sunday, even in Cup. So what did you think about that as, as well? Obviously, a lot of people miss it as a championship race. You know, when I uh... – I know it's kind of apples to oranges when I say this, but, you know, back in the day, we would always see a driver, you know, dominate a whole race, and we won't think nothing about it. I mean, we won't, we wouldn't, you know, like, okay, he had the best car today, you know, Delger landed 150 laps out of 300, and, you know, like, and, and of course, social media wasn't around back then, so we wouldn't know. But, um, you know, and it's like nowadays when somebody leads, you know, all but 68 laps, um, you see it on social media and you're like, you know, is this really a great race? I mean, it, it is, but like, uh, a part of that I feel like is like TV as well. Um, TV focuses so much on the leader that we miss everything that happens in yes. the back of the pack. And, you know, if we were to focus more on like, okay, we know Larson's out front by, let's say 10 seconds over Chastain. But let's show what's happening 13th through 20th. We might have a hell of a battle going on there. So uh, I feel like TV TV really plays a lot into that, and we miss more than we know. And we and we see that on social media after the race too. It's like, okay, I didn't know these two drivers were mad at each other, but we missed it on TV. So yeah, no, that's a that's a very good point. And actually, which is funny because you and I both know this young man. But Don, me and Don Trey were talking about this before Atlanta got reconfigured. And the thing is, like, I went to Atlanta in person in 2017. That was my first race I actually had ever went to. And I watched that race, and I found, obviously, I think Brad Kozlowski won that race, and he dominated quite quite a bit. But every time I watched something else that wasn't the number two car, and I looked around the track, I could find a battle each and every lap. Sometimes it'd be two people scrapping for 20th place, and it's a really good battle. But in my head, I'm like, dang, they're probably not showing that on TV. They're probably some zoomed in or zoomed out shot of the leader, and the leaderboard is just there, and we have no idea what's going on. So, yeah, I agree. I wish, especially at the half miles, which I honestly have found to be very entertaining for the most part this season, if they showed a lot of that mid-pack battle a lot more times, or even if it was for 10th place and beyond or whatever you want to do, I think, you know, people would have a different perspective, again, not even just on the race by itself, but sometimes on the sport, because I feel like at the track, obviously, depending on where you sit, you can see a whole lot going on. Like, it's very easy to see it. But when you're watching from home, yes, you might know, okay, yeah, I know where this car is at. Yep, I know Kyle Larson's leading. I have no idea. I just see the tickers move, and I see two Mm -hmm. positions swap, but I can't see anything. So it's like, dang, I'm not really seeing enough of the race. So Yeah, I wish that was done a lot more because I felt like at least even in the 90s, um, in the early 2000s, they did happen to do that some, uh, not going to say completely, but they did a little bit more of it. And I feel like if you showed a race like that, I think you get a lot more people paying attention on television when if it's only showing for three and a half hours, yes, here's first place. Oh, yeah, guess what? Here's first place. Oh, second might be here just for a moment. Okay, back to first place. If you had more of that, it definitely would help. I agree a thousand percent. And and I feel like NBC uh, has gotten a whole lot better with that over the last uh, few races. Like Bristol, for instance, uh, you would see like 
three different split screens at once. Like, here's the leader, here's, you know, fifth and sixth, here's tenth and eleventh, you know, and, and, and they've gotten better at it, but it, it needs it needs more work. <laughs> no, I agree 100%. Because, and, and it sucks because, like, I was telling you before we, we started recording, but like, I've always loved Homestead. Well, not gonna say always. When they repaved it and they gave it banking in Oak 3. That is when I fell in love with that track. I absolutely loved it after that point. I used to look forward to the end of the season only because of Homestead. Um, but yes, that place can put on a very good show. Like the progressive banking is intriguing. The, the fact that you can run multiple lines is really cool. Um, that's what makes most half mile racing interesting is when it's not just a one groove track. Multi-groove racing is always the most entertaining for a half mile. So yeah, I hope you know, in the future, maybe we can get more on TV and maybe we can see more, you know, like, I think that's a, I think that is like a huge, huge thing for fans. You made a, you made a very great point about that. So um, with that being said, before we get into predictions, um, let me, let me ask you this. Um, who do you think is going to win the championship? I think, so I've kind of been riding on a Ryan Blaney uh, roller coaster here for a little bit. Uh, he's not my favorite driver, but I, I like him and and all that. Um, but he's quite a ways out, so I think I'm going to go with Ross Chastain. Oh, okay, cool. Nothing wrong with that. Now, the chaotic in me wants Ryan Blaney to win this thing winless. I really do. I, I am <laughs> nope. the chaotic one, and I would love to see it. So we'll see how that shakes down. Um, It'll be interesting in two weeks to see how things actually pan out. But that being said, I think that's about all I have right now. But of course, you know, we always got to do our predictions for this upcoming weekend at Martinsville. So since you are our guest, you get to go first. So with that being said, who you got? It's time for race predictions. Uh, I'm going to go with, gosh, it's really tough to pick. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Ryan Blaney gets it done. Oh, okay. Ryan Blaney with the. With the win, if you could pick a second, who would you take? Uh, I'm gonna go with. Hmm, I'm gonna probably go with Chase Elliott. Hmm, okay, that's not bad. Not bad. I think we're about almost the same. Not completely, but uh, for me, as we head to the paperclip Martinsville Speedway in Martinsville, Virginia, um, I am going to go with Chase Elliott as my main pick. If my alternative pick, I'm going with his faux rival, might I say, Denny Hamlin, to get get the job done and go race for another chance or go race for a chance to win a championship, I should say. So those are my picks for Martinsville. I'm sticking with them. Mr. Starr, thank you for joining us this week. We really do appreciate it. I'm glad you got a chance to come on the podcast. First of all, thank you for listening to it for, and for first off and foremost. So that's real cool. Um, anybody you want to shout out before we go? <laughs> uh, just want to shout out Kicking the Tires. Um, you can follow a lot of our work across uh, kickingthetires.net. And uh, I'll be having a piece hopefully going out um, as we record this Monday night. So you'll see it maybe Tuesday afternoon, uh, an interview piece that I did last week. And I'm uh, really excited about that. All right. There y'all have it. You have heard it from the man, the myth himself. So Thank you guys for listening to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. Make sure you guys are following us on social at Turns No Breaks across the board on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
You can also follow me on Twitter at Front Row Kenny. I don't mind talking NASCAR. I don't mind talking sports or anything that's random or whatever you want to talk about. I am cool with it. So with that being said, we'll catch you guys on another episode of All Turns and No Breaks. See ya. Thanks so much for tuning in. 